Welcome to track number three of Take Up Your Cross. Father, thank you for the blessing we have. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. John 15. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. How many have a New American Standard Bible? Try to get one, okay? That's the latest Bible in fashion now. <laughs> and also, it is actually the very first Bible that I ever bought. was the New American Standard Bible. The very, very first Bible. So recently, I heard Rick Joyner using that Bible. And I, there are many wonderful uh, insights you can get when you read it. King James is still the number one. But this is number two. <laughs> All right. If you don't have anything, then you have to have King James. But if you have options, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that he, it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Amen. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abides in me, blah, 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 blah. Verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown. Mercy. He's thrown away. As a branch dries up. They gather them and cast them into the fire. If you abide in me, my words in you, you shall ask what you will. It shall be done unto you. Okay, my father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Amen. Nanayao, stand up. It's very important for you to bear fruit. Marriage is actually not the perfect picture of love or of happiness it is not didn't you know that it is it is not the perfect example or experience the reason why we keep gravitating towards marriage and we keep going towards that are two there are two things one is a curse and one is a blessing the curse is that the man is cursed to desire the woman and the woman is also cursed to desire no, the woman is cursed to desire the man and the man desires the woman do you understand so that curse ensures that we marry or marriage goes on or partnerships go on and then the blessing uh, about it is that love is a very beautiful thing love is such a beautiful thing have you heard that song before love is such a beautiful thing huh there's a song, one of these guys sang it. So love is a beautiful thing. That, actually, that's why we keep going for weddings. Because it looks so beautiful. The, the bride looks so peaceful. She looks so nice. She looks so gorgeous. And um, she looks so delicious. And, and in her white dress, that, that doesn't look like there can be anything 
that would be negative coming out of out of such a white dressed one. Are you listening? So love is such a beautiful thing. Right. But marriage is not at all the experience of bliss, joyfulness, happiness, ecstasy, ultimate rejoicing and ultimate excitement of all types and kinds. No. Marriage is a mysterious ministration of teaching to you. That's that's all that marriage is. Read your Bible. He said, this is a mystery. And I show you of Christ and his church. That's all that marriage is. So, I've been sharing on some of these impartation services about love. You know, and some people, you know, because of their polluted minds, always have, you know, negative thoughts about simple, pure things that we share. (laughs) Do you see? But really, every single aspect of marriage will reveal to you something about your relationship with God. Every aspect. And maybe one day I should find a time and prepare a sermon about it. We can start from number 1 to 50. Different things about marriage which are a ministration to you but you, you, you may not see. You understand? Okay. One of them is what we are reading here. He says that, uh, what does it say? What does it say? Pastor Isaac, you have a bigger Bible, so that I don't have to use this. Uh, my father is glorified by this, that you better, no, it's okay, don't worry, I want my own Bible, I like to preach my own Bible. If it's not a new Bible, I don't like it. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to me, my disciples. Having children is one of the things in marriage that is also a lesson. You understand? Oh? Yeah. It's almost like a sign that the marriage is connected or is real or is working or although it, although it is not because it's the, it's the, the two the two shall be one flesh not the three or the four children so if you don't have children it doesn't mean that the marriage is not real it's as real as if you have but there is a certain glorification you understand of the marriage that seems to come from having children. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that is a lesson. Your relationship with the Lord, there is a certain glorification of the relationship, your relationship with the Lord that comes from bearing fruits 
in having children. Spiritual children. My father is glorified when you bear fruit. Is that is that what he said? My father is glorified that this, but you bear fruit, much fruit. And proof. You prove something. What do you prove? You prove that you are intimate with the Lord. And you have followed him closely enough for a certain length of time. What do you think? Or you don't understand it? It is not easy to see someone committing fornication. Is it easy to see? Even you who are doing it, it's not easy to see yourselves doing it. That's why sometimes people get mirrors so that they can look in the mirror and say, wow, is that, is that me on show? <laughs> what do you think? Huh? <laughs> Are you there or you've gone home? So anyway, like with every generalization, there are exceptions. There are exceptions to all that I'm saying, but I'm speaking generally. There are situations where the Lord, in fact, in the Bible, you never hear, in the Old Testament, you never hear the devil close somebody's womb. It's only God who closed wombs. In fact, you don't see the devil is not mentioned. God is the one who does everything. Yeah. <laughs> Are you there? So what I'm trying to say to you, my dear, is God desires greatly that you should bear fruits. How many want to bear fruits? Huh? You really do? Bearing fruit also starts from a certain age. From a certain age onwards, you you cannot bear fruit. The lady does not produce eggs. You just stop. You see. The eggs reduce. The spends reduce. So, some of you guys who married and have children, if your wives were to die and you go and marry a young girl, you may be surprised that even though you have two children already, you will not be able to have children with your new wife. Are you listening? Or you are not understanding my message? That's why I said, have you heard my message I preach? Hurry up, my beloved. Hurry up, my beloved. I preached, I think, last Sunday or two Sundays ago. Hurry up, my beloved. Huh? So if you want 
to marry. One day I was talking to one lady and I said to her, you know, if you had married when this brother wanted to marry you years ago, maybe it would be different. But you didn't allow. Waited and waited and waited and waited. Made him wait, made him wait, made him wait, made him wait. Till you finally agreed and you married him after years of waiting. And all the time, maybe the sperms were getting fewer, the eggs were getting fewer. <laughs> why, why is it funny to you? Are you there? Are you there? So, Nana Yao. I'm still on you. The point I'm trying to make is that there is a time. There is a time at which you will be able to glorify God by bearing fruit. Okay? Okay? There is a time. All right? So hurry up, my beloved. Yeah. Hurry up, hurry up. You don't have forever. Fruit bearing is not forever. From the age of 25, your fertility starts to go down. Not, not, not in a dangerous way. It goes, it, it peaks. What I'm trying to say is that it peaks. Unless, unless the statistics have changed. But it peaks at 25 and starts going down. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know that you were an old man. <laughs> All right. Are you listening? Are you listening? So, your ability, Nanayao, to bear fruit is diminishing. Like Ben. Ben, stand up. It's diminishing. It's going down gradually. You may not know. And I'm not joking. And in the midst of the laughter and all that, I'm saying serious. I'm, I'm calling these guys. I'm talking to them personally. It's true. Life is very, very much related to time. You may not know how. You may not know where or when. It's real. Okay, ladies? Some of you, one day you should get up and say, you know what? I've had enough sermons. I'm going. See you later, alligator. I'm off. Yeah. I've had enough sermons. I don't want to hear anymore. I want to just go. Tired of hearing. It's time. I know enough. Amen. Are you there? God wants fruit from you. When I look at my life, look at you people listening to me as though I have something important to say. Think about it. Who am I? That I should come and you have all gathered waiting to listen to me. Think about if I was not to have obeyed God and not to go ahead and do what I was supposed to do. 
Think about it. What does it mean? Is it not scary? This, this, the same thing applies to people who are waiting for you. The forgotten ghosts are waiting for you to come. Their hands are stretched out, hoping that you will come. Hoping that you will make up your mind one of these days and make a move. But they are waiting. And I'm also waiting for people. As for me, I'm waiting for you in Ghana. Arrive in Ghana with your bare hands and inform me that you have arrived. I'll put you in the barracks. Yeah. I'll put you in the barracks for training. No, I'm serious. Stop saying, Pastor, Pastor, the Lord has spoken here. We know He's spoken. The Lord touched my heart. I know He's touched everybody's heart. Land, arrive, give yourself to the Lord. As at now, you will not be rejected. Yeah. There is room for more. I need about 100 people to send. You see, and the reason why I started with the sacrifice, the part of the sacrifice, is that I don't want people who are expecting things. Don't expect anything. Don't desire anything. Come and let's give ourselves to God. If God can look after us, we hope he will take care of us. That's all. And come and contribute. Some of you will be missionaries. Some of you will help people who are already on the field. Because every place that we have people, we need to have four families at least. Because to make a roof, we need one, two, three, four pillars. Then we can move. So many places we need four. And right now, God has just opened my heart to the French African countries. Mali. Uh, Guinea, huh? Congo, Congo, especially, especially uh, Kabila's place, yeah. Democratic Republic of Congo, Congo Brazzaville, Cameroon, for instance. We need another team in another part of the place. Look. God is looking for people. And I think a time is going to come I'm going to send single ladies. At first I wouldn't send single ladies. Yeah, because uh, that's what I'm saying. That, uh, it's true. Every day it's like we are waiting for you to come. The brothers are doing their calculation with calculator every day. Oh, we are tired. have the book sacrifice you have it here take up your cross and you have them here okay yeah don't worry it's the same for me the problem you have is the problem i have so welcome to the fellowship if i if ike were not there the ministry would be very different ike has really Transformed the books and the tapes ministry. So, 
as for me, I'm very happy with him. I don't know about you, but that's your problem. All those who have bad thoughts. Let a wicked person be appointed over you. Because I'm preaching from the book, so you need to have the book. In fact, I want to simplify the ministry for most of you. If you want to work for God, and you are saying, look, I want to work for God, just arrive in Accra. I'll show you to the barracks. You know barracks? Soldiers' quarters. Simple. I'm serious. Because I cannot refuse you, especially... The Bible says that as one that traveleth, when poverty is coming, it comes as one that traveleth. When somebody has traveled, you can't sack him. Uh-huh. If you haven't traveled, we can sack you because you are in the town. So we say, go home. But once you've traveled, there's nowhere to send you to. So it means you are fasting to us. Yeah. Because for you to come, it shows that you are very serious. Are you there? But if you misbehave, we'll still sack you. Brothers and sisters, are you listening? What was I telling you about? I'm on chapter I'm on chapter 5. Huh? Single ladies. Yeah. Listen. Listen. Are you listening? That Eugene, what's the name again? Eugene, yeah. Are you listening? Listen carefully. God has called you. My duty is to tell you that he's called you. My duty is to stir you up. My duty is to make you fly. My duty is to make you do what you can do. I can't do it. You have to do it. Your life will be used to do it. You understand? That's all. All, all, all. I can't score. I can't defend. I can't play. But I can encourage. And I can show you a few ideas. And I can pull you from the striking zone to midfield. Or from midfield to the defense. You understand? That's all I can. You are the one who's going to play. What do you think? Yeah. God wants you to play. He wants you to do his work. He wants you to bear. Through your life, many people have to be changed. Lives have to be affected. You see, this book I dedicated, I think it's to Pastor Jacob. Eh? Yeah. You see, because I don't know many of you, many of you know Nigeria. Well, or Nigeria as it is today. It's not a small place to go to. Yeah. It's not a small And when I sent Pastor Jake to, I was in London. Just like I'm here with you now. I had come for a program. When was it I stayed in that hotel? Sacrifice camp? I think so. And the Lord told me that when I go to Ghana, I should send him to Nigeria. 
He had just got a house. His own house. Just moved. Just, just, just. Few weeks. And, and so when I arrived, I, I, sent, I sent a message. I'm coming. Meet me. I need to go home with you. Because in my meetings, I will never sit down with you. They're bored. I don't have that. I'm not like that. You see, first when I started, I had an office with a desk and a computer and all that. But after a while, I said, look, that's not how I am. I don't know how to use the computer. <laughs> and I don't sit at desk. I don't talk to people behind desk. So I've thrown away all those things. So my meetings, I'm driving, I'm talking, I'm working with you. That's how a meeting is held. And very serious cases will be discussed like that. So never think that I'm not serious. Okay? Never think that I'm not serious. Are you there? So I called her. I said, meet me. So sit in my car. Let's go. I'm going home. When I get home, find a car and go home. So I drove with him in my house. To my house. I said, brother, you have to go to Nigeria. What? I said, yeah, you go to Nigeria. And I tell you, when I went to Nigeria, later on, after sending him there, he got himself a bit settled. We drove in there. If ever I've ever sent somebody to the mission field that I felt like withdrawing the person quickly, it was that Nigeria, Pastor Jake. I mean, I didn't tell him. I was so scared. Because from the border to inside, what they did to us at the border first. The guy said to us, the guy said to us at the border, I said that when you take your car inside, you are going to sell the car. So, therefore, leave so many thousand dollars here. When you come back, you come and collect the money. That was one case. Everybody, we don't know who is what. They have moved out of the offices. They are sitting outside with tables and barrels. There is a barrel with a stick. And that barrel with a stick is the real border. You cannot pass. Somebody will come with shots and ask you questions. Different things. So, that first time, it was something. And when we finally crossed, we, we met about 41 different soldiers and police of different types. Hey! They've written on the thing, fire for fire. And then, I was asking, why don't they wear uniforms? So just wear shorts, Charlie Water, moving around. So I said, why don't they wear? I said, oh, when they wear uniforms, then the armorers kill them, shoot them, where they can see their uniforms. So they also wear they don't also wear so we also don't know who is an arm robber or who is a policeman. Different kind. These ones are for drugs, these are for immigration, these are for this, these are for that, these are for armed robbers. And they told we have we have three types of thieves. We have petty thieves, armed robbers, and hired assassins. These are the three categories. Petty thieves, armed robbers, and hired assassins. That somebody who's hired to kill him. Say, hey, Lord. And I sent Pastor Jake to this place. I said, why don't I like peace? 
One day, a certain pastor's wife, she told her husband, you are tall. When will you have peace? When will you have peace? You are tall. When will you have peace? Tell your neighbor, you are tall. When will you have peace? understand what I'm saying? I felt like pulling him out. But now, I'm so glad of that work in Nigeria. It is one of our best missions. And it is one of our most important missions that we ever set up. And now we have sent more people and even one more was going just as I was leaving. And now, we have, we have about five or six pastors there now. And then I think another one is joining them now. And then we are just beginning to spread. And they've just started branches in Lagos. Different branches. And they are just beginning to spread to Abuja, this, that, different places. And through them there, the books, which are the main ministry. I tell you, all the time, pastors are coming to the bookshop there. Want the books? Want the book? When I went to Nigeria, I, I Benihin had was coming, and I went onto the stage before the program in the afternoon, and I just went on boldly to see, you know. And then suddenly, different about three different men started walking towards me. So I thought, you know, the security guards were coming to sack me, you know. And just as I got there, then this first one stretched out his hand. Bishop, he what males? Loyalty and disloyalty? <laughs> Is that you? I said, it's me. He said, ah! And another one came. Another one came. Your book, Art of Leadership. This one said, loyalty, disloyalty. Oh! And they are Printing the books and sharing, and the works are spreading, and God is really using the ministry over there. It's very powerful. But I tell you, there are a lot of frightening things about what God wants you to do. But you've got to be brave, you've got to strengthen yourself and say, I'm going through. I can make it, I will do it. Amen. Amen. What do you think? Because you've got to bear fruit. You have to. Isn't it? Many women don't like sex. They don't really like it. Most, I should say. But you do it. Because you've got to do it. They go to the labor ward. There are a whole lot of things you have to go and do there. You become more like a piece of meat. So you return. Start putting on your skirts and your shoes and others and start walking around like a peacock again. <laughs> oh, you don't appreciate what I'm talking about. But you gotta do it. Gotta do it. Nice. Do it. There's a certain glory that's gonna come on you. I don't tell there's a certain glory that's gonna you bearing fruit. The Lord Jesus. That in beauty. There's a
you look at my life, look at me. What is the greatest honor God has given me? That I be a doctor, that I should be born in England. What is it? I said, I should, I said, I should serve him. In his work, can't you see? Or oh, you can't see that. It's not that I should be born into Heward Mills family, or that, or that. Or where are the others who are born into the Heward Mills family? Do you know any of them? <laughs> yeah, where are they? And that who are born here, there are many people who are born here. Oh, now you are here. What does it do to you to be born here? And so what? <laughs> Has it done anything for you? And, and the great honor, and the great honor that you should live in London. And so what? What has it done for you? Nada mas. Nothing. Wow. The greatest honor that has been done to me. You see, I don't deserve to be a Christian. I don't deserve to be a Christian. I don't know about you, whether you feel you deserve to be a Christian. I don't deserve to be a Christian. For Christ. God wants to make you beautiful. Today you are just, you are nothing. You are nothing. But God wants to make you really nice. Yeah. He wants your name to be remembered on this earth. You see those blessings we're talking about? God will make your name. You see, one of the cases that after this generation, your name should never be remembered. Just when this generation ends, you should be forgotten. But God is going to do something with your life. eh? After this generation. I was so surprised when somebody named his child after me. The first time. Now I have a whole lot of children named after me. I mean not so many but some. But I'm surprised. It's an honor. Or you don't understand it. Who has named himself after you. So can you see that God has honored me? That is the greatest honor that could be done. It's to love him. To serve him. To be chosen. To be his anointed. Is it not wonderful. Is it not a wonderful thing? It is wonderful for me. If it's nothing to you, maybe it doesn't seem much to you, but it's everything to me. I like it so much. Amen. I want it so much. It is everything to me. Hallelujah. It is my main meal. It's the main thing that I'm having. I enjoy it so much. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. So God wants to make you beautiful. Fruitful. Glorify. Glory. Your name again. Gina. Sit down, Gina. God wants to make you nice. Huh? Ladies. Shawanda, God wants to make you nice. You want to be really nice. How many want to be really nice? Do you know why women don't like each other? 
All right. All right. You know why? The reason is, the reason is because they, 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 they know, they, they despise each other. They are not impressed with the other person. Because they are also women. And what has impressed that man does not impress them. Uh, they've seen a lot of this. Yeah, not a, the nails on your hand, we know where you made it. And your eyebrows, we know that they are not real. And this hair, 20 pounds hair. And your breasts, it's not any when you remove whatever, it will descend to the whatever. <laughs> They, 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 they are not impressed with all this. So, look, that girl, get out. I'm not impressed with her. And so you know yourselves the truth about yourselves. That's why you can't often don't like each other. Do you see? But men don't know. Uh-huh. So they are so impressed. And they are coming. Ah! So God, listen. (laughs) All right. Listen. So, there are many things I don't want to say there because we are in church. I don't want to. But if I say them now, you, you would like to get up off of your chair. So. I don't want to. I just don't want to mention it. I don't think you can handle it. No, 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 no. You can't handle it. No, 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 no. You can't handle it. But God wants to. God wants to make you beautiful. He wants to make you really beautiful. That whether you are a woman. Or whether you are a man. You'll be really beautiful. Because a beautiful woman, as she's walking down with her white dresses, other women look at her and say, There is a stiffener in there here. There is something to adjust something here. There are some pins somewhere. There is this to make this look like this. This has covered the pimples on the face. This is done this. This is done that. Oh, please. Come on, man. Tell her to just walk out. And and sometimes the wickedness. That women have towards each other. Most women would not like to have a woman as their boss. Oh yes. Most women would not like to have a, a fellow woman as their boss. Hey. Lest someone online will be fulfilled. Appoint a wicked man over her. Mercy. But God wants to do something. Whether it's a man whether it's a woman, certain glory will be on you. Even the women who don't like you will be forced to see that. Look, it's not about her jeans dress or her jeans skirt. There's a beauty 
around this person. It's beyond how she looks. God wants to make you beautiful. How many want to be beautiful? God has chosen you to be beautiful. Huh? What do you think? And that beauty is going to come about when you bear much fruit. He says, in this is your father glorified. Or in, your father is glorified. Beauty comes to the father from you. When you bear fruit, you bring glory to God. Beauty, sweetness, honor. Amen. None of you looks at me and thinks of, hey, he what mills. Hey, he what knows from. I wonder what his grandfather was like. Hey, so what about his father? Oh, he what knows is very nice. Oh, at all. Nobody's thinking, nobody here is thinking of he what mills. Are you thinking of he what mills? You know my mother's family. You don't think, hey, what's his mother's family? You are thinking of God. And you are thinking of the glory of God. It's the glory of God that makes somebody different, even. I hope you understand what I'm talking about. It's God's glory. I said it's God's glory. How many want God's glory upon your life? Oh, hallelujah. I believe that God will hear your prayer. A prayer to be fruitful. Many years ago, I was in uh, staying in Sunderland in the Newcastle area. And I was just, how old was I? A teenager with my uncle. And I prayed, God make me fruitful. There are some prayers, you remember where you prayed them. I remember exactly where I prayed those prayers. And many years later, when I went back there, I remembered, I prayed here that God would make me fruitful. And he had made me fruitful. So I do believe that God can make you fruitful if you pray to him to make you fruitful. And if you, if you hurry up, my beloved, I said, if you hurry, my beloved. Your ovaries, they just stop at a point. Yeah. You see, a man can have as many as 120, you know, if you have a lot of enough sperm, 120 million sperms. Many times, when they do spend count, they just have 20, 30 million, 40 million. And the mutual will tell you that even below 40, some people will tell you clearly, below 40 million, you won't be get pregnant. Try, try, try that. It won't happen. Do you see? Are you there? Yeah. But it starts to drop. And you, you may not know how, when, where. But your chances just dropping, dropping until it drops. That's why sometimes when you are trying to get people pregnant, well, the medicine I'll give to you because you are 25, this person, because she's 38 or 35, I have to give three or four times as much to try to get her to be pregnant if it will even work or when they are 40. Are you listening? Fruitfulness is related to time. Can't you see? 
do you see? Can't you see? It's related to trust in God. It's related to now that you are not noble and mighty. This is it. This is the best chance. You can't get a better chance than this. You can't get a better chance to run through. That's why I say, any of you here who are older, if your spouses die, and you say you are going to marry some 16-year-old or 18-year-old, don't be surprised if you find yourself in a fertility clinic for the next five years. And they are trying to squeeze some sperms out of you. Yeah? Huh? Yeah, she will. I, I met one pastor whose wife had died. He said to me, I prayed I prayed for one thing. I prayed for you. mentioned the age of his wife. And old, he said, when I was elderly, not elderly like in 70s or 60s or 50s, but I mean older. And somebody who did not have children and would not have children, did not want to have children and cannot have children. That's a condition. Because he himself could realize that his capabilities have reduced. I don't know if that's why he decided that, but this was, he gave nine conditions to God, and one of these was, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because then it would mean that somebody who has passed that stage and somebody who has reached that stage have met. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? A man who has passed that stage. And somebody who is just entering that stage has met. All I'm trying to tell you that is stages. You also come to that stage. So there's a time when you will pass that stage. You can't go back to that stage. And there's a time somebody is entering. So all of you are different stages. But many of you are in the same stage actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Many of you are in the same stage. But there is a time when you pass a stage. And there's a time when you are entering a stage. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? Yeah. That's why sometimes I, I, I mix you up at the camps. Because I don't want people who have passed the stage to be with people who are just about the stage. So that when some of you say, I want to go to Portuguese Guinea, then the person who has passed the stage will turn to you that, you know this sort of thing, right? You need to <laughs> you need to think about it clearly. You don't just jump into things. One of my secretaries in my office, I have so many secretaries. One of them, she was coming to full-time ministry. She finished university. She had a first class. As she was coming in, one of the pastors was past the stage. Probably his pens were about uh, 10,000. <laughs> Spiritual pens. From 100 and something million. I've reduced about 10,000. He called her and he advised her not to. He said, look, you don't know whether you are going to be happy. You have to do this. You have to do this. This and that and that and that. I said, really? I said, Pastor So-and-so, yeah, Pastor So-and-so is the one who and start, talked to me, advised me. Oh, yeah. And I have other pastors like that. It advised people against the missions. 
because they've passed the state, they don't even have desire. When they see a, 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 a naked woman or a, a whatever, they just look as though they are looking at their wardrobe. Desire starts. You are, you are blocking my view. Can you look up there? I want to watch the TV. Just. You cannot understand it. You see? <laughs> what do you think? So they pass the stage, and those who have reached the stage, do you see? But God is creating. Soon there's going to be an army in every of these countries we keep mentioning. There's going to be a team. Some of them will be even 10 families. Some will be six families, four families, eight families, three families, seven families that have gone there with a mission to save that country. And that is the opportunity that I had some years ago when God put me in Kolebu and he gave me certain people to be with. You understand? It's the, it's the blessing that God gave me. And that's why I say to these people, some of them, like I tell, I say to Pastor Obi, I said, this is the chance I had when I was. Because the whole of Kenya is for him. Whatever he will do, you can't get it better than that. Oh. Do whatever you want to do and be there. And the time will come, they will choose whatever they want to do, pay whatever they want to pay, everything. We have, we have set them up. What again can you ask for? Or you don't understand what I'm saying. What can you ask for than to be encouraged and to be set up? (laughs) To to be set up in life and in ministry. Hey, it's wild. It's a very wild thing. It is an honor truly. And God will bring different people your life. I'll show you. How many want to, be st- to meet all these people? Come to Psalms. We are still in this book, eh? Psalm 105. Look, do you have a drink for me that can make me quench my thirst? Yeah, cold. All right. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Are you with me? How many believe that God has chosen you? And God has called you? I just preached at a camp called the Lord's Anointed. I wish I could talk to you about the Lord's Anointed. It's powerful. But I'm just going to tell you, you are the Lord's Anointed. When he calls you, it means he puts some drops on you. And he's chosen you. To be chosen is to be anointed. So sometimes in the Bible, they use the word chosen and they use the word anointed. Wow. As for David, he, the greatest thing to him in the world was to be called and to be chosen and to be anointed. So when he was repenting, he, he didn't use his name again, David. He said, the Lord's anointed. All the time you see in the book of Psalms, he said, the Lord's anointed, the Lord's anointed. He was talking about himself. So why do the heathen rage? Why are people in 
anointed. You don't mention his name. As some people say, against yours truly. <laughs> against yours truly. The one who was anointed by Samuel. Chosen and anointed. And so he always referred to himself as the Lord's anointed. You never know. I mean, who is he talking about? Because thou hast loved righteousness. The Lord, even thy Lord, has anointed thee above thy fellows. And he would speak about himself as though he was talking about somebody else. Just yours truly. <laughs> why, why do the people rage? And, why do the heathen rage and imagine a painting against the Lord and, and yours truly? <laughs> It's powerful. Is it a powerful thing? Wow. So let's read it. Psalm 105. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him, sing praises. Speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Amen. Do you want to seek the Lord? Remember his wonders which he has done and his marvels and the judgments. O seed of Abraham, his servant, verse 6. O sons of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He has remembered his covenant forever and the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. The covenant which he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac and he confirmed it to Jacob and to Israel as an everlasting covenant saying to you I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. When they were only a few men alright. Now listen are you there? I just want to say something here. God's language. First of all, God doesn't speak English. He speaks dreams and visions. That's the language of God. Okay? It's just like how um, deaf and dumb people don't speak English or Chi or Ga or Yoruba. They speak sign, uh, sign language. God speaks in dreams and visions. Now, when God does speak in English or in a language that you can read and write, he speaks in the forms of covenants and oaths and promises. So he has no time for shallow words which have no lasting value. So when he says, Lord, I'll serve you, and it doesn't mean anything. God is a serious person. If you take Pastor Richard and um, Pastor Jerry or Pastor Kweku, you see that even in their personalities, they are different. Pastor Richard is a more serious person. Not that the others are not serious. But let's say Pastor Jerry is more jovial. And uh, Pastor Kweku is also more jovial. You understand? So, but Pastor Richard is more serious. I also find I, I look more serious. My face is more serious. I've had to practice smiling. You understand? <laughs> so, I, I need people around me to lighten the atmosphere. I need it to help me to lighten the environment around. So, 
People become more relaxed. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is also a very serious person. He doesn't have jokes. If I take, let's say, Reverend Saki. Reverend Saki can laugh at people until they cry. Oh, pray that he doesn't get something to laugh at you, laugh, laugh at you about. Reverend Saki can laugh at you. You will never forget. Recently, he laughed at somebody in my office until he was crying. And the person was so sober. And he afterwards went to apologize to the person for laughing. But by me, I don't laugh at people. I don't laugh at anybody. My wife also laughs at people. My, my wife, Reverend Saki, these two people like laughing at people. And if I ever start to say something like that to my wife, she'll say, no, my jokes are not, they are too serious. They are not. So I, I, I don't joke at all. So I'm a serious person. Do you understand? My conversation is serious. It's about serious issues. It's about serious things. That's, that's how I am. Okay, so if you don't like God or you don't want such topics, do you get what I'm saying? I don't have much to say. Or you don't understand what I'm talking about. Even if I'm talking about social things, relation to the word and things like that. Are you with me? Yeah. So, God... It's very serious. He has no jokes. Have you ever read a joke by God in the Bible? These are God's jokes. A book of jokes. There's nothing like second jokes chapter 4. Third jokes. Fourth jokes. No. No. There's no joke in the Bible. Or where they write and then they write, oh, this is just a joke. And then write. there's, There's nothing like that. God is a very serious God. There are no jokes with God. He speaks when he says something. It's a covenant. When he says it's an oath. When he says it's a testament. When he says it's an agreement. Hey! Hey, you're wonderful. Are you listening to me? Are you listening to me? And I've always thought that God must be a very serious God. So the first time I heard Papa Hagin preaching and he cracked a joke, I was very surprised. I said, hey, somebody who has seen God and he's cracking a joke. <laughs> I was very surprised that somebody could have seen God and he's preaching the word of God. Because one day Papa Hagin said, the Lord appeared to him and told him that the reason why he's not having miracles is he hasn't preached the word of God. What he's preaching is not the word of God. So from that time, he started to preach the word of God. So when I was listening to the tape, I said, this is the word of God. So I was very surprised when there was a joke in it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So for God, his words, his things are serious. Covenants. He's chatting with Abraham. It was all covenants. What do you think? Oaths. Read it. The covenant which he made with Abraham, his oath to Isaac, he confirmed it to Jacob for a statute. And verse 10, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. What do you think? What does yours say? Read it. 
laws, covenants, statutes, agreements. Some of you, the reason why God has never taken you serious is that there's nothing serious from you. Your words don't mean anything. I will work for God from today. It doesn't mean a thing. It will never happen. Has never happened. It's true. That's why God doesn't take this year. If you want to chat with God, start moving into agreements. I'll do this. And I believe that everyone, I wonder, one day I hope to teach about covenant. Anyone who is any advanced with God has learned how to speak God's language. I say this, I do. I say this, I keep my word. Because I said it, I, I keep it. I said I work for God. I said I'll serve him. I said if God helps me, from today, my life belongs to him. When you say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, You better stop singing all those songs. You might as well stop it. If you want to get somewhere with God, you got to get to the point where your words. I pour this coffee on myself. Uh huh. I sense that it wanted to pour on me. You are forgiven. Wonderful. Are you there? Yeah. Start to talk serious talk with God. Yeah. When you say, it happens. Tithing. You can't tithe. You are not serious. I'll pay tithes. You don't tithe. You must be out of your mind not to tithe. You can't stick to it. You shouldn't be at this camp. It's too basic for you to come. You, should, you don't qualify for this camp. This is not a camp for non-tithers. Anybody who doesn't pay tithe should not be here. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about has, not, has nothing to do with you. It does not relate with you. You have not yet learned to speak the language that God speaks. When I learned to pay tithes, I was in I was in London. I was here, earning 20, 20 pounds a, a week. Me, I hated London. I suffered here. I suffered in this town. I'm surprised that I, I come here that often. I suffered here. But that's where I learned to pay tithes. Because I don't know where, but I don't know what made me go get a revelation of that, but I, I believed, based on the word, not based on anybody's preaching, that a tenth of whatever I have belongs to God. There's no compromise, there's no variation, there's no discussion, there's no option, there's no analysis of that thing. 
belongs to God. It shows your honor of God as the source, not the government as your source. Not your job as your source. Not your good fortune as your source. Not your certificate as your source. But it shows that God is the source of whatever you are. No matter how poor you are. The tenth belongs to the Lord. Hmm? You shouldn't have you shouldn't have come. Now just ask the person as you look, whether if it is you. You better say, because it seems he's talking to one of us here. So just. (laughs) What do you think? agree with what I'm saying? You shouldn't have come. Have you located the person? I see them pointing to somebody there. Natasha, are you the one? Okay. I'm still making a point to the two of you. You know, the way I'm preaching is like, it's similar to the way Papa Hagin preaches. If you listen to him, you'll never understand what he's talking about. You have to listen to him many times before you realize that what I started at the beginning, when we came, it's all related. I'm going like this uh, before I'll come somewhere. So unless you listen to it many times, you'll never know the relation. You know what I'm saying now? These two people who are standing up. It's not that I like torture. That's why I'm asking them to stand up. (laughs) All right? Okay. How many are ready to start talking the English that God understands? Apart from this type of English, God doesn't understand other types of talking. This is what I say. My life, this, that, 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 that. He's too serious for jokes. First and second book of jokes. Okay? All right. Now, so you see, to Isaac, to Jacob, to Abraham, those all laws, covenants, serious things. Now, notice, and I'm prophesying to you, when there were only a few in number, huh? Very few, and strangers. That's a missionary. Very few strangers. They wandered about from nation to nation. Oh God. Thank you for sending us from nation to nation. From one kingdom to another people. But he permitted no man to oppress them. And he reproved kings for their sakes. How many want this blessing? God is going to rebuke kings for your sake. He's going to say, hey, shut up. Don't tamper with my anointed people. Hallelujah. Are you excited about it? Are you happy about it? 
All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, verse 15. Do not touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. Yes, I'm sure you all know this verse. That's the only verse you know. The whole psalm. Don't touch my anointed ones and do my prophets no harm. All of them, God saw them as prophets and anointed people. Verse 16. And he called, you see, when you want to touch his anointing, he called for a famine upon the land and broke the whole staff of bread. Now notice. Are you with me? Then he sent a man before them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They afflicted his feet with fetters. He himself was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The rulers of the people set him free. And he made him the lord of his house. And ruler over all his possessions. To imprison his princes at will. That he might teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel also came into Egypt. And thus Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. Now listen. The point I'm trying to make here is I'm trying to show you something. When God has a chosen person. This is how it starts. Talk with God. That is serious talk. You can trace it. First was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and so on. Serious talking. Covenant. You cannot be in Venezuela unless you are serious. Lord, I want to be full time. And here is a small gap. And you are in it. It will never happen. But I was saying to you earlier, that when God has called you, he sends people to your life. He sends people. Some, are, some go in advance. He sends and he gives you people that are best suited for you. For your work. For his calling. For your life. For your ministry. He sends them. God sent, first of all, he sent it in my wife. Because I have to marry Someone, someone in particular. So he sent the wife. Do you understand? And now let me just say something about divorcing. Nowadays there's more reasons to divorce than we've ever had. But what I want to tell you is that the Bible says what God has joined together, let no man put aside. Now if you say that God has not joined you, I would also say that, well, I have not yet seen God joining anybody. Because at most weddings, I only see the pastors. And I've never seen God himself come to join anybody. So if so be the case, no one here is joined together by God. Or you don't understand what I'm saying? Yeah? So watch out. God is the one who brought whatever you have to you. So better be grateful. See it that way. What, the fact that God is the one who brought it does not mean that it's going to be perfect all the way. Did God raise up David? Did God raise up Joseph? Did God raise up Paul, Peter? Were they perfect? No, they were not perfect. God's choice is always going to be a man who is not. God has chosen me for you, but I'm not perfect. I don't have perfect. You can ask my wife. You can ask Reverend Sack. You can ask anybody who is close to me. 
I'm not perfect. I always confess my sins. So. Sometimes I can confess my sins from morning to evening. And I, I'm not tired of confessing my sins. I only feel sinful. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? So God sent Joseph in advance to go and prepare. Joseph thought he was a prisoner, but God have sent somebody to go and organize for my chosen ones. If God has anointed you and God is sending you, he has either chosen you to send somebody before you or he's sending you to be with someone. He has his packages. God sent Reverend Saki to my life. Recently, Reverend Saki was preaching. I don't know why he always likes preaching these kind of things. But he was preaching and he was saying that when he dies, he wants to be known as my assistant. That's, that's what he wants to be written on his grave, that he's my assistant of Bishop Daki. And that nobody should say that he's the pastor of the cathedral, even though I have put him there and said, he's the pastor of the cathedral. He said, no, he's my assistant. You see, you will not is always easily, easily get somebody with such a mind. It's true. There are a lot of people who will say, well, you know our man. Today is here, tomorrow is, always has a new idea. You know, and there are ways you can even turn the congregation in a very subtle way away from whoever. It's true. And God gave me Pastor Eddie. God gave me Pastor Richard in London. If, if, no, no. If I didn't have, listen, if I didn't have Pastor Richard in London, I think that my ministry would be different. That's the reality. But you see, God has prepared somebody for you, for your life. That's the way it is. And if Pastor Richard was not here, it would just be very different. The the best way you can see it, if you don't understand what I'm saying, is to look at all the churches which are from Ghana or Ghanaian churches, how they are like. With the kinds of people that have been sent here and what has become of them. When the pastor sees a small whatever, then it's the freaking out and his mind is turning into some chemical reactions which are going all over the place. It's true. Read the Bible. Say, then I sent Joseph. Then after that, Israel came there. Then, I, then after that, he says that he sent Moses. Hey, this chosen one is blessed. Are you watching it? Where are we? Then Jacob, thus Israel, came to Sejan in the land of Ham, Goshen, where Egypt was. And he caused his people to be very fruitful. And he made them stronger than their adversaries. And he turned their heart to hate his people. Egypt too. Are you there? Are you seeing things as God describes it? When God describes it, it's different too. When you read it in the news, you will see that, and the people began to persecute them. But in the Bible... The Bible says that and God turned their hearts to hate. It was all a plan. So some of you, somebody hates you. It's God's plan. It's God's plan for that hatred. Yeah, the other day, some, one of my pastors rebelled against me. I said, no, it's the will of God. It's the will of God for him to rebel. Do you see? I've accepted it. 
Don't worry about it. Oh, you don't understand. God turned their heart and they didn't like me again. That's it. All this loyalty and disloyalty that we preach. Oh, if God raises up somebody to oppose the ministry and to fight the ministry, that's it. No amount of teaching, strategies, wisdom, leadership, nothing can hold it. It's just God. It's just God's grace. Beginning to end. Not only that, sometimes, we, unfortunately, we write books. And these books claim to be the reason for blessings that God is just sharing. Mercy. Forgive. He turned their hearts, verse 25, to hate his people and to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses his servant. Now he's sending. More people are being sent. He sent Aaron, whom he had chosen, and they performed his wondrous acts among the people and miracles in the land of Ham. Then he sent darkness. Amen. And made it dark and they did not rebel against his word. And he turned their waters into blood, caused their fish to die. Their land swam with frogs, even in the chambers of the king. He spoke and there came a swarm of flies, nuts in all their territory. He gave them hail for rain, a flaming fire in their land. He struck down their vines. He shattered the trees. He spoke and locusts came. Young locusts without number. And they ate up all the vegetation, ate up the fruit. He struck down the firstborn of the land. The first fruit was all their vigor. Then he brought them out with silver and gold. Hey! All from God. Among his tribes, there was not one who stumbled. So Egypt was glad when they departed. For the dread of them. Are you with me in verse 38? Egypt was glad when they departed. For the dread of them had fallen. He spread a cloud for covering. And fire to illuminate by night. And they asked and he brought them quail. He satisfied them with the bread of heaven. He opened the rock and water flowed. It ran in the dry place. Oh, clap for Jesus. For he remembered his holy word. Now notice who. He remembered his holy word. With Abraham his servant. Remember the covenant discussions. And he brought forth his people with joy. His chosen ones. His anointed ones. With a joyful shout. And he gave them also the lands of the nations. That they might take possessions of the fruit of the people's labor. So that they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise the Lord. Ah. Is it powerful? Yeah. You see, this is a sound that is showing God's journey. How he starts with you. With the covenant, he meets somebody who is serious. If God can find someone who is serious. Who talks things that he means. Things are going to start. Everything started from meeting Abraham who he, with whom he had covenant discussions with. Very serious person. Not things which did not mean what they meant. That's why this pastor at the interview, he was telling that the guy was saying, your salary can become your, your, your tithe can become your salary. When we are telling you that we are coming for poverty, your mind must be, from today I'll be poor in my, the rest of my life. And I want it. I, I accept it. I take it. Till I die. That's where it starts. That is where ministry starts. 
That is where the sacrifice starts in your heart. Actually, if you look carefully at God, who is such a loving father, most of the sacrifice, you just do it in your heart. You never experience it. It's true. Most of the sacrifice, you never experience it. You only experience it in your heart. But it's as good as real. One day I told my wife, I said, never say that we are sacrificing in this house. And don't say it in any way like that for the children or for anyone, the church, the church members, this, that. No, we are blessed. Seem of it a small thing to thee that I should marry the king's daughter, seeing that I am a poor man. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. The fact that you are this camp, even a human being, a human being was assessing other human beings and assess you as worthy to be here. You better, you better thank God that you have been chosen to be the king's daughter, the king's son-in-law. Or you don't understand the message. Almost every so-called sacrifice is no sacrifice. But you, you will experience it in your heart. You know this guy who just died, Kenley, the owner of Enron, the Enron guy who, who went to, whom they said he caused so much financial problems, etc. You know he just died? Just before they sentenced him, just like Milosevic. Yeah. And he always said he was innocent. In as much as he didn't go to jail, it's like he went to jail. Because for the last couple of years of his life, caught up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, until where you are being told, now you are going to prison. And they are coming to share the number of years. Meanwhile, you are about 60 or 70 years old. So it means that the rest of your life is to be spent in jail. In as much as he didn't go to the prison, actually, it is as though he went. And most sacrifice, but he never actually went to prison. Most sacrifice is like that. You'll be poor, you'll be poor. But now you say, I will be poor. I'll be poor before I've accepted it in my mind. I've analyzed everything, received it. Most of the time, I don't want to say most of the time, but in my experience, what is, what is my poverty? I'm richer than most of you here. I, mean, I don't have mortgage. I don't have mortgage. I don't have anything to pay at the end of this month. I'm free like a bird. Free like a bird. I don't have mortgage to pay for 38 years, 27 years. If I don't pay this, this, that, 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 no. I don't have it. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I've sacrificed medicine. After sacrificing medicine, I have a hospital. We just finished our hospital. We just opened it. A real hospital. Now, now I'm employed and I have my own little clinic in the hospital as well. And I am employing doctors. 
Hey, God, what have you taken away from me? Has he taken anything from me? Think about it carefully. Think about it carefully. What has he taken away from me? away from me. But in my mind and in my heart, I've lost it. You understand? Like, like Abraham. In his mind and his heart, Isaac is dead. He has killed him. And he has gone through this, going home to explain to Sarah, the child, yeah, yeah. So God spoke to me. It was the same type of speaking that remember I told you that I was going to have a child and so on. Yeah. So how did you kill him? You sacri- cut off his neck. So where is the head? Where is, the, where is the head? Where is the body? So have you buried it? You've bent it? This and that and that. But this is a child we prayed for years and years and years. This and that. You know, one day one pastor was saying that from that time, Sarah left Abraham. Even when he came back and he didn't sacrifice. Yeah. You never hear of her again. And when he died, Abraham had to go to where she was. Because she was not staying with him. And you see that he went and married Keturah and some other people. Hey, the one child that we have, what about if this vision comes again? To kill him again. Hey, hey, wonderful, eh? Hey, wonderful. Most of the time, it looks like you are losing. But you see, that's what Jesus said. If you lose your life, you gain it. It's mystical. Lose it, but you gain it. Lose it, but you gain it. Lose it, but you gain it. I thought I was descending to the lowest part of society. Today, even when I'm, when I'm writing deals and agreements with, with other huge organizations and corporations, I don't even have to be there. They don't even see me. I don't even sign it. I have people. People who went to London School of Commerce and uh, Economics, yeah, degrees. We'll be writing things and signing, signing, sign, 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 sign. You know, even cement. Cement is a small thing. God has really, you see, me, I don't see the ministry as something that God has demoted me. I thought I was going and I said bye bye. But God said, okay now. Yeah, it's mystical. You think you've lost everything, but you've gained everything. Are you listening? Are you listening? Say, I am listening. Huh? God has a plan for you. And everybody here, you have a Joseph who will be sent in front of you. The Jacob will go there to prepare. Then God will turn the hearts of some people. To, when somebody starts to dislike you, someone like you. Even if your husband hates you and you divorce, it's also a plan. It's also a plan. And God is great. He spoke, said, Locust, come. This, go. This, this, this. Hey! God is well, though. Relax. No, none of us can die unless God wants us to die. Nothing can happen in your life unless God wants it to happen. Relax. He is powerful. He is great. Are you listening to me? Huh? Are you listening to me? 
I want you to believe it. Because I know that many of you, God is telling you, you see that dark door? Run through it. Run through it. The darkest little door is the best door for your life. What do you think? Listen. Those of you young men, you are young enough to believe. Very soon, some of you will grow up and want to marry. You will marry. You have all sorts of responsibilities. Things will not be the same. Wow. But I, I'm so grateful to the Lord. All the people he sent me to my life. For Australia, he sent somebody. For South Africa, he sent somebody. Swaziland, he sent somebody. For Kenya, he sent yeah, somebody. For your life. He had, he had rebels for me. To teach me humility. God sent rebels to me. To rebel against me. So that I would be humble. You understand? To teach me things that I didn't know. I couldn't learn without them. They are all part of my blessings. That's why I pray for all these rebels. Lord, please help them. Amen. What do you think? Sometimes even my own relatives rebel against me. And the Lord will explain to me that so you can see that even your own relatives, you cannot control them. How much more someone? So those who are even under control, it is my power. It is not anything. <laughs> wow. It's a wonderful wow. He spoke. Locus, enter. Locus, go. He sent frogs to the inner chamber. Darkness, blood. He's powerful. So I'm not, I'm not here by chance. And you are not here by chance. It's a very powerful hand that is working. Now, listen to me. I want to tell you something. Because when I went for breakfast, I was telling the people something. And I was saying that, look, it's not about whether you will obey God or whether you will be chosen. Or no, whether, whether you will obey God or whether you will follow him or answer his call. The main thing is whether God will ever give you a chance to ever work for him. In a sense, that's the, actually the issue. <laughs> the issue is whether you ever have such a chance in your life. No, it's not I mean, whether you obey God or whether you... No, 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 no. The issue is whether he will ever give you such a chance in this life that you are living before you die. That's the real issue. That's why David said, seemeth it a small thing to thee, that I should marry the king's daughter, seeing that I am a poor man's child. But do you know why there's confusion? Because some people have a chance and they hesitate or they don't take it. It looks as though God is begging somebody. Uh-huh. That's where the whole error comes from. It looks as if God is in need of people. And people don't want to go. No. You know why I'm preaching with you? I'm just preaching with you to have fellowship with you. But God doesn't 
I don't need to continue talking. I don't need to press so many points and say, I just, I'm just sharing with you psalms. That's when we come together, every one of you has a psalm. I'm sharing with you a psalm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? God has a say. We have a psalm. I'm just sharing. I'm just having fellowship with you. I'm not trying to convince you. You don't need to come. God doesn't need you. has never needed you. And you are, you are, you are, your contribution is negligible anyway. I wish Grace was here for, to sing that song. Oh Lord, there's just so much to be done. Oh Lord. Does anybody know how to sing it? You know how to sing it? Come sing it. Come sing for me. souls to be one. Oh Lord, this world is falling apart. Dying for love from a broken heart. Oh, oh, oh Lord, you said the harvest was great, but Lord, Looks like the workers are late. It's getting hard to understand how they ignore your great command. Oh, it reminds me, though there's really nothing much I can do. What I have seems so small, but I want to give it all to you.
Hallelujah. That's powerful. So think about all God has done to prepare you for the ministry. Huh? He sent Joseph ahead. Sent Israel. Made somebody hate you. Maybe somebody you were going to marry. God changed his heart. No, she's not nice. No, he's not nice. From that time, doesn't work. God is moving still bringing somebody else and another person then he sends Moses and Aaron it's in the Bible Moses and Aaron all these people are being sent one after the other what a plan what a God is God not a wonderful God you like God you like God powerful And at each stage of your life, all that you have is God's special plan and preparation. So, I want you to open your heart. You have to find yourself in a foreign land. The nations of the world are waiting for us. Hallelujah. Are you there? Amen. The nations of the world. He's blessing us. He's sending us to the nations. Are you excited? He says, when there were only a few in number, very few and strangers, they wandered about from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. But he permitted no man to oppress them. He reproved kings for their sins. Don't touch my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Hallelujah. So, all I'm saying is that God has made such wonderful provision for you guys to be fruitful. Nanayal and Ben. Send this person. Send that person. Done this, done that. 
because he wants you to be beautiful. He wants to really make you a nice, glorious person. That is what makes a person beautiful. If there is anything nice about me, it's not my medical, what not. It's not my father's name, my mother's name, my car. Do you know the car that I use? You cannot even, you wouldn't even see me on the road. You wouldn't even see me. You would not even see me. Yeah, you can never judge me by my car. Because I'm determined till I die that you will never know me by a car. A car will never define me. Who I am, what I am, what I have will never be known by the car that I drive. That particular thing, I've decided to hide that sign from you. Because I know most of you, these are the signs you look at. Yeah. It's a common... What, what, what car? What car I see? Yeah. One day you see I'm driving an ambulance. You say, hey, is that your car? No. That is my car. <laughs> Do you have another of the same thing? That is cold. Please. Yes, please. All right. Are you there? Okay, we are going back. We are talking about fruitfulness. So you guys, God wants to make you nice. You see, right now you are not nice. Right now you are not nice. Your niceness is yet to come. If this is nice, then I'm telling you this is ugly compared to what God has intended to do with your lives. It's a prophecy. He has a plan to make you very nice people so close, just there would, nobody will even know whether your name is a local or it would be the least I can call myself rabbit, everybody will say oh, I go to rabbit's church yeah, if I call myself rabbit I will go, I will go to bishop rabbit's church I, my name doesn't matter there is something else whatever name you call it, we don't even care whether it's the bishop this, that, what, it has no meaning that's what I'm saying. Watch out. Because God has something that he's going to glorify you with. And that thing is his fruit. Herein is my father glorified. Much beauty will come to God through you. But you got to pay the price. So John chapter 12, we are still in chapter 5. We haven't yet read it. And verse 23. Okay, let's read from verse 20. Okay. Uh, let's read from verse 12. On the next day, a large crowd came to the feast. When they heard Jesus was coming, they took branches of the palm trees, went out and met him, shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, etc., etc. Verse 15. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. These things his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. So the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. 
For this reason also the people went and met him because they heard that he had performed this sign. Verse 19. Are you there? Okay. Now, so the Pharisees said to one another, you see that you are not doing any good. Look, the world has gone after him. Okay. Gentlemen, you may be seated. Gentlemen, you may be seated. Thank you very much. Verse 20. Now there were some Greeks among those who were going up to worship at the feast. These then came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and began to ask him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Philip came and told Andrew, and Andrew and Philip came and told Jesus. Alright? And Jesus answered them saying, Where are the Greeks? Let them sit down. I will attend to them very shortly. Truly, truly I say unto you, The whole world now seeks the wisdom that I indeed have brought from my father. To bear much fruit and to witness of much life. Are you there? <laughs> Why are you are you with me? I didn't think you were with me. Because I was reading a false doctrine and you were Huh? What do you think? Okay. Are you there? <laughs> what does the Bible say? A lot of people were looking for Jesus. Is that not so? Were a lot of people looking for Jesus? Huh? Were things getting better? Were the, were the church growing? Were the crowds coming? Now Jesus wanted to bear fruit, isn't it? So what did he say? This is the hour. There's not a time to see Greeks. I don't have time to see Greeks. And Jews and others. People want to see me. No, no. Times have changed. It's not a time for preaching. Not a time for seeing people. Not a time for talking. Are you there? What is it a time for? To bear much fruit. <laughs> All right. Are you there? Time to die. Ben. Nanayao. Stand. Time to die. What do you think? Daniel, time to die. You understand? Time to die. Eugene had a lot of preachings. Time to die. Not time for more 
talking. No matter how much you know in the church, there comes a time you must die. Knowing more and doing more is not what you need. You need to die. That is all. I'm telling you. No, it's not a matter of I'm going to soak in this tape to catch anointing. There's no tape to soak again. That's why I said, if you don't pay tithes, you shouldn't have come here. Because we are we are advanced from the subject of tithes. 10% is easy. Can you not see that it's very easy? Compared to what we are talking about here. I'm talking about going to Senegal to go and learn French. Where you will be like a deaf and dumb person for a long time. Because you cannot speak the language. And others are speaking. You cannot even that. You are not even going to preach. Oh. You are now going to learn. In charge. I'm talking about Going to the desert where the temperature in the air is more than the temperature in your body. Outside is hotter than inside. That if we take a thermometer outside and we want to measure your temperature, when we put it into your body, either in one of the holes of your body to measure the temperature, the temperature will drop because you are cooler than outside. (laughs) Hmm? are you with me pastor Eddie went to uh, Burkina Faso the other day and he went to the golf course so I said how is the golf course oh he said it's a desert they give you a little carpet like this when you go in to uh, pay or whatever give you a little carpet like that. So, when it's time for you to play, you put the carpet down. You put the ball on it and you swing like that. Ah. And you pick your carpet and then you go <laughs> to, the next, to the next place in the desert. And you, when you see your ball, you take the ball and you put it, put the carpet, put the ball on then you Hit! And you take your carpet and then you go. That's a golf course. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I tell you. Do you understand what I'm preaching about? I'm talking about your whole life. I'm not talking about the evenings. Tuesday evenings and Thursday. Have you seen how easy it is to come to church on Tuesday and Tuesday evening and Thursday evening? So easy. Coco. Easy. What we are talking about is advanced. We are talking about your life, the whole of your life. That's all. Shawanda, are you listening to me? All of your life. Not Tuesday evening, 
So you see the church members that we came. Some of you, you don't like to come to church on Tuesdays, but God, yeah, oh. easy. How many know that? Such a thing is very easy for you. Lord, I'd like to come to church on Tuesdays. Now they are asking for more than Tuesdays. What they are asking for, huh, it's not a matter of Tuesday. Your whole life will change. One day somebody will be surprised that you ever live in London. Now, when you preach, you say, I remember those days I was, when I was in London. Apart from that, they will never know. <laughs> we thought you were born in church. So, no, I, I came here as a missionary. <laughs> You'll be talking, said, 20 years ago, I remember I was in, I was in London. I came here. Wow. And when you come to visit London, you say, I can't stand this place, you know. I, I can't stand this. What do you think? Hurry up, my beloved. Hurry up, my beloved. Hurry up, my beloved. What did I say? Hurry up, my beloved. Before it becomes impossible. It's, it's difficult, isn't it? To move, isn't it? Yeah. The barbed wires are catching you. And the people are holding their machine guns. It's not easy to go out. But there's a part which says, there's not really, sing that part, there's not really, there's not really much. What can you do? Buki, what can you do? Stand up, Buki. What can you do? Look at that, what can she do? Not that much, isn't it? Sing it again. No, there's really nothing much I can do. What I have, what I have so seen so small, but I want to give it all. But I want to give it all. I want to give it all anyway, anyway, anyway. Small, small, but I'm giving it all. Small, I'm giving it all. What I have seen so small, but I want to give it all to you. What I have seen so small, but I want to give it all to you. I'm not Reinhard Bonke. I'm not Benny Hinn. I'm not any of these people who have so many resources at their disposal. But I have seemed so small. But I want to give it all to you. And I will, with God's help, give it all to you. I'll die serving you, Lord. What we have seemed so small. Doesn't it seem so small? Doesn't it seem so small? What I have seems so small. Sing it again. What I have. No, before that. Though there's really nothing much I can do. What I have seems so small. But I want to give it all to you. That's Keith Green. <laughs> you didn't know that I was Keith Green. Ask it green. It's not a modern song. It's not a modern song. 
They don't make them that way. Now, sing about other things. Forgive. Cleanse. What I have seems so small. Haruna, your fruit hmm, lies within this. You see, all I'm trying to say is that there is this one event of your life which must happen. There's a one event. No matter how much knowledge you acquire, how many camps you go to, how many books you read, this particular thing. When people were gathering about Jesus, look, the, hour, the hour has come means that the hour for meeting Greeks and all this aspect of ministry is over now. No more preaching. Now it's time to die. The main thing that I'm going to do is to go to the cross of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? Amen. The main thing that I'm going to do is to go to the cross. What do you think? And I can never change anything. That's why today we have larger churches than we've ever had. All the churches in London and all over the world that are huge, huge churches with millionaires in them giving money. Why do you think the world is not being saved by? It's being overrun by Muslims. Now, when I want to send somebody to the ministry of Senegal, they tell me 80% Muslim. Guinea, Guinea Bissau, we speak French, 70% Muslim. All the countries, high percentage Muslim. I've sent somebody to Senegal before. Very difficult place. Oh. Gambia, they throw stones at the church. 70%, 80% Muslim. Look at the churches filled with people. Thousands and thousands of people gather to hear the great pastors of today. With millions of dollars, with individual members giving a million dollars at a time. Even in small churches, there are people who give up, actually seen members before, who actually have given million dollars. Oh, guys, this guy gave a million dollars to the pastor last week for the work. Oh, yeah. Not in our church, in another church. I've met a church member who said, look, I donated once $2.5 million. Yeah. Look. And yet, and yet, huh, the whole world, especially the poor world, is being overrun. <laughs> with, with what? Islam. Because there's just this particular point. This is the turning point. All the talking. All out, others, Kenwa, this, Minika, whatever. Oh. It has no, there is a day, there is a point, there is an issue. You see, like how Malon came to Ghana. But Malon has been around for a long time. I said, okay, come, it's time, let's go. He came. And those of you saw, you saw that he's, he's changed a bit, isn't it? What has changed about him? He's in the barracks. <laughs> I hope you're getting what I'm saying. We can talk and 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 talk. There is a place 
your life. If you don't do that thing, somehow, just, and that is a spiritual thing in the heart. Of course, I'm sure maybe if it becomes very trendy, everybody says, oh, I'm going to Kenya, I'm going to this, I'm going to that, and everybody are going in the hundreds, that at that point, going there will not mean anything. Actually, it will even be wrong, a wrong thing to do. Because you realize that <laughs> that is now just a trendy thing. Everybody does it socially, we are moving. After all, people have built mansions, they are living like queens and kings in these foreign lands. So, Chade, we are joining. It's better than London. There will be a time like that, maybe, I, I wonder. Philippa, that's why you are at a certain place. You can never be at another place unless this particular thing. And that's how I sense a difference between myself and many of my pastors. They, they can understand, they can even preach these things. But I see, there's something that's different. See, and Jesus said that unless the corn of wheat falls into the ground and actually dies, eh, it abides. But if it falls into the ground and it dies, it bears much fruit. I'm telling you. So, Pastor Eddie can come and pump. That is why. Do you know what I have in the, the world now camps? I have a camp here. This mini camp. I don't even come for the whole church camp anymore. Even in Ghana, I don't do a camp in the church anymore. I do only a camp for a loose camp, the young people. I don't do a camp for grown ups. The la- one of the last time I was doing a camp for grown ups, I was preaching like this. And I said it to you. <sighs> I was just tired of what I was saying. Because the hour for more preaching has passed. We are looking at people. So I was just preaching. And I realized that, look, I'm in the wrong place. I'm talking to the wrong people. It's so boring to me to talk to people who don't. But I'm happy. Many of the people that I've preached to, you know, have jumped into things. What's Pastor Obi here when we're preaching about others? Oh, he had left. Yeah. But people are moving. Because for many of you, that is what God wants from you. He wants you to jump. Let's go to work. You love God. You love him so much. How many love God? Love God so much. God give you opportunity. Don't joke with opportunity. He give you opportunity for a whole country. He gives you opportunity for places. He give, you are young enough. He gives you opportunity to learn languages. Huh? Instead of us sitting down and praising ourselves that Lighthouse is a mega church, is the largest church here, and the largest what not here. Come on! What is the use of largest whatever? All these things don't amount to anything. They are all useless things. If you don't know, I'm telling you. All this largest whatever, this, this, largest, this, largest, it's rubbish, total nonsense. It has no meaning. It has no basis. God has not decided he's blessing because you are the largest this and largest that. Come on. Man, if we want to boast in such things, I mean, we, 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 are, we are wasting our time. Let's just rise up and see the world is there. The fields are white, waiting. People are waiting, hoping you will come and you don't come. Because you are sitting there learning more prosperity, how to get richer, how to get whatever, how to get more things and secure yourself and become safer in where you are. 
Oh! And there's very little power. That is why actual change is not taking place. The ability to change and stop fornicating, it is not there in most of the church. You should see them sitting in the church with people's sperm dripping out of their vaginas when they come to church on Sunday morning. Oh, and I'm not joking. Full, our churches are full of them. We are doing all kinds of things, liars. There is no power to change. No one is changing. Nobody is changing anything. They are just a kind of like a football club. Oh yeah, and that's why the world is perishing and going to hell as we sit there and they are just swarming to hell like that and we are sitting there planning greater things for our lives because when it comes to this point we the pastors we are so worldly and we love greatness and we, we no maybe you are not Michael Jackson but you love to be a kind of Christian Michael Jackson you understand maybe you are not Tony Blair but a kind of Christian Tony Blair or maybe you are not a Obas and Joe, but a kind of Christian Obas and Joe. Or maybe you are not President Rawlings, but a kind of Rawlings, or a kind of Kufu, or a kind of whatever your Jamaican president is. In, in your own way. Maybe you are not Bill Gates, but you know, a kind of. Oh, your own version of that. That's the difference. That's where we all come like that. Stand up. Don't sleep. <laughs> Pastor Richard, join me. We all walk to the point like that. And this is the point of sacrifice. And then we all stop. <laughs> and then we want more teachings. But this is the whole. Supposed to jump. <laughs> now, let's go to Romans. Deuteronomy. Uh, yes, last time we were reading from the book of Psalms. Then we keep on going around in circles. And he says, you know what, let's go back this way. No, no, no. It's too, this is an extremi- extremism. Extremism. Fanatics. Balanced wisdom. Wisdom teachings of maturity. Stability. Christianity. Let's get to Corinthians. Jesus was not impressed when more people were coming. Greeks, can I see you? It's not time for Greeks. It's time for me to die. It's time for the seed to fall. And that is what's going to make me really bear fruit. And he set aside all those popular things and all those great things and all those nice things. He said, here I am. And God is waiting for more people. And I want to tell you, ladies, if these guys don't want to do it, just take off your shoes, throw it out, say, look, I'm going. I can't wait for any man who is whatever and watch and see. Throw away marriage. Throw away everything. Follow God. Hmm. Uh, as I say, if you are not of a certain way of this thing, you shouldn't come here. Throw away all those things. We are walking. What should I do? Jesus said, the hour is come. You have to go through. Wow. 
I said, wow. Oh, you don't understand the message, eh? This is where we lack. But you see, this thing, eh? It's to sound like madness to you. I tell you, it is the way. I am preaching the words of Jesus Christ. These are not the words of a pastor. If you notice, I have not read one line from my book. I'm reading directly from the Bible. This is what the Bible, Jesus said. That our Greeks came. No, no Greeks. No more. No more camps. No more anything. Sometimes I just marvel at the way some of the missionaries send me messages. And they say, Pastor, thank you for sending us. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'm worried. And I say, oh, are they going to be all right? And they are so happy to be there. To be serving the Lord. I don't know why. Sometimes I don't know why. But I realize that if you really love God, you see a door has been opened. You begin to value that faith eh, makes you overcome the worldly pressures that come to bear on your life. Gentlemen, two of you, don't forget, it's time to die. What do you think? Is it a good idea? <laughs> Bookie, there's not much you can do, but we're going to give it all, all to Him. Amen. Are we going to give it all to Him? There's not so much we can do, but Lord, I want to give it all. Amen. All right, so we've read one verse. Sit down, all of you. You all know everything, so don't you know everything? You don't know everything. I'm surprised that you don't know everything. Now, when you fall into the ground as a seed, right, what happens? Number one, you disappear. What has happened to Pastor Obi? He's vanished as though he never existed. <laughs> From your community, he's vanished. That's a painful thing. Even for me to go to crusades, I had to vanish from the church. I've, I've disappeared from the church. For you to obey God, you, like I could come to the church tomorrow, like in London, have a wonderful service. Everybody should come there because the bishop has come and everybody will gather in the morning and I'll speak nice words to them and I can preach them a kind of method that will make them sow seeds in my life. Financial seeds, I mean. Not uh, rice, seeds of rice or whatever. <laughs> Isn't it? Are there no messages like that? Lots of messages like that. Powerfully. But you see, my real work is not a Sunday morning type of ministration. This kind of thing, if you say it in Sunday morning, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want to have a church again. It means you don't like your church. You get it? So, Pastor Richard, I really hope the people who are here are the right people. Are, are those of you here the right kind of people to hear what I'm saying? Are you really sure? Is there, is there anybody here who thinks someone should not be here? Or you know someone who you think should not be really be here? 
you don't know Natasha should be here. <laughs> Is it second jokes chapter one or first jokes? Are you there? How painful it is to disappear off the radar screen. Sunday mornings now you see me driving to a village. Last week Sunday I was in a village. Ayikuma. Somewhere in a village. Preaching. What do you think? No, not last Sunday. Last Sunday I was in Lausanne. Two weeks ago. Preaching. Last Sunday I was in the Basilica, eh? Big cathedral in Lausanne. And the whole Swiss church were filling the whole place. It's marvelous. Yeah. Anyway, a week before I was in a village, I left the church which I built with all my heart, with all my soul. And I just walked away from it. Do what you, I ask you to do. What do you think? It never ends. God will always be leading you on and on and on and on. Disappear. Number two, you have the heat. Underground is hot. So you are going to have a lot of heat. Is your drink still there? Is there more? Is it still cold? Great. Wow. Pressure. Financial pressure. When we say all these things, you should be very honest. Right now, you say financial pressure. You now, what is in your life? (laughs) John the Baptist was hidden. He disappeared. Jesus Christ was hidden for 30 years. Moses was hidden in the wilderness for 40 years. And Joseph was totally hidden that is when you really get prepared why because the real aim of ministry is to work on you not not on anybody you are the one who is being saved you are the one who is having the privilege not the people if i send you to senegal <laughs> the people of senegal are not blessed because you are blessed because you went. You are nothing. You are the one who is blessed. Look at the Methodist Church in England today. It is just like the Anglican Church that was there when John Wesley came to revive it. A man's work is very minimal. Very, very minimal. It's John Wesley who is blessed today. He is the blessed founder of the church. Not England. England is pagan. England is atheist. There's, there's not so much. Sing that play. Have you got your mic? Uh, what's your name again? Charlene. You sound like Shawanda. <laughs> sing, sing that part. Though there's really nothing much I can do, what I have seems so small, but I want to give it all to you. Though what? Though there's really nothing much I can do, what I have seems so small, 
But I want to give it all to you. Amen. What do you think about what, what, what is happening? Though there's not that much. If I send you to Guinea-Bissau, do you, do you think you are going to change Guinea-Bissau? How old are you? 34 years old. How long will you live? How long are you going to live? Or, or you don't understand it. Have you been able to change Birmingham since you went there? Have you changed? Have you changed the Milton Keynes since you went there? Milton Keynes has changed. Salvation has come. A great light has shone in Milton Keynes since you went to Milton Keynes. If you analyze it carefully, you realize that you are the one who is developed. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Gosh. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. You know all that, don't you? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Okay? Okay, have you got it? Listen to me, please. Listen to mine. I want to read mine to you. It says, For those whom he foreknew, huh? he also predestined he predestined to be prosperous and to have dominion through the image of his son. Huh? Check it. Don't just say that I'm lying. Don't just tell your pastor you are lying. What does it say? He predestined to be what? Conformed to the imago or the image of his son, so that what he would be the firstborn among many brethren. If Jesus is fair colored like me, and you are dark. When Christ catches you, he will take you and try to conform you to the image or to the picture of Christ. So one of the things you work on your color, to lighten your color a bit, so that you'll be just conformed to his image. Why? So that he will be the firstborn amongst other brethren. So that when you see Christ... And his brothers. It's so easy to see that this is the same people. Are you listening to me? So, when God said the destiny, one day I heard somebody preaching from this. He said the word destiny, predestined, then suddenly he took off. Destiny for the year, your destiny cannot be overruled by the enemy 
your destiny is determined. God has destined for you to be blessed, to prosper in the nation. God has destined for you to have dominion. God has destined, your destiny is secure in the hands of the Lord. And I was wondering, what is the relation between what he was saying and this word? The relation was the word destiny. Predestined turned into destiny and destiny turned into Read it. Those whom he foreknew, he predestined. And he predestined that what? To be conformed to the image of his son. So that what? We are so that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Wow. So, Philippa, you get it now. See that the Lord's aim was really just to make you like Christ. Yeah, not that. Where is she? Charlene, start. Though, though there's not. Though there's really not that much I can do. Not much. What I have seems so small, but I want to give it all to you. You see, it's not that what you have seems so small. What you have is so small. It's not that it seems so small. It is small. Stop pretending as though it's big, but you want I mean, it's like you're trying to say it in a nice way. I, you know, it seems so. It is small. It is small. Your contribution is small. Negligible. But I want to give it all. So, really, the main aim of the Lord is what? Conform to His Son. Wow. So, when you come full time, and you disappear, the heat starts to come. One of the areas of heat and pressure is on your issues, your things, your ways. Ways which your husband cannot change. Because you, the way you bring up a beast when he says, you see, some of you are stubborn. When your husband says you are stubborn, you, you talk uh, so it just dies out. But in the church full time, the stubbornness will be addressed and the same goes for the brides. the brides will also be your things will be addressed are you there what do you think is it powerful is it stupendous so you see now you are free Jim Baker he said he used to think the whole world depends on him. He has to save the world. He has, no, he doesn't feel that pressure at all. <laughs> you can't save the world. When I went to Nigeria, I was looking to see the effect of Idahosa's ministry. I couldn't see the effect of his ministry. Archbishop Idahosa. I can even, well, I've never seen a single church in Nigeria that is belonged to him or that is his name. Never. What you have is actually, not that it seems so small, it is very small. And when Jim Baker came out of prison, 
he was going to church. The first time he was going to church. He ran the pastor of the church. Because Billy Graham's wife had asked him to come. And they were all sitting in the front. That was the first time he was going to church after coming out. He said, when you go to prison, they call you a piece of something. You understand what I say? A piece of. It starts with S. So, a piece of whatever. So, he said that they say it so much. You believe that you are that. That's the only thing you know that you are nothing. So, he said when he was going to church, he had to call because he was he's an embarrassment to the church. He's a shame to the church. He's nothing. He was preaching. I'm telling you what he preached. And that's the revelation that he had. He said, that's why God sent me to prison. To reveal all these things to me. If ever God reveals yourself to you, you know that you are less than a piece of whatever. How many realize that you are actually very beastly? How many realize that you are quite beastly? Huh? (laughs) How many realize that you are quite beastly? Wow. And then, those, verse 30, those whom he did predestine, he also called. Quick, are you there? He called, and those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. What shall we say to these things? Wow. Is it powerful? So he's predestined you to, to change. So if God is sending you to Senegal, don't, don't be upset. Go and be changed. That's all. Don't be upset at all. When you are dying, you look around, so what have I done with my life? Not much. What have I done? How many people are there in London? How many people have I reached in London? How many people are there in Ghana? How many people have I reached in Ghana? How many? How many people come to my church on Sunday morning? Hey. What I have is so small. And yours also seems quite small. But I still want to give it all to him. I said I still, I don't want to keep it. I'm going to give it all to him. And God has called some of you to just help me. Your work is to help me. I have a lot of people like that in my life now. Their work is just to help me. Whatever I'm doing, they help me to do it. They are not supposed to preach. They are not supposed to do anything, but just help me to do what I'm doing. Because if they don't help me, I cannot make it. I need their help greatly. Yes. May God open your eyes. And don't be afraid of disappearing. Nobody calls you anymore. Nobody sees you anymore. Don't worry. I've been there. I said, I've been there. When I disappeared into Kolebu, I invited people to preach. I said, we don't sow amongst tongues. 
That's all they said. So we, we, we stopped sowing among stones. We have stopped sowing seeds at worthless places. Don't, don't worry. I've been in there in the darkness. I've been in there when I vanished altogether. I've been there when all my medical mates would probably discuss me as they were in America and England and different places. And wonder to themselves. This guy is crazy. Can you imagine how my classmates would have discussed me? They've all gone. And here I am at Kolibu. I say I'm doing a church. What do you think? And pastors in Accra said, we don't sow among stones. So my medical students have forsaken me. Pastors forsaken me. When it was time for my wedding. I had my wedding. I had no one to officiate, so I let my associate pastor officiate my wedding. You see, the Bible says that the less is blessed of the greater. In a certain sense, the senior person has to officiate, not your junior officiate your wedding. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yes. No. I invited people. They didn't come. My own aunties didn't come to my wedding. You get it? Because I was nothing. So when it was time for them, we said, well, all pastors. There was nobody. Come and take, you know when they're taking pictures? No. Yeah. It, it, it all contributes to the loneliness that we have in Accra today. Every pastor is on his own. Nobody believed in anyone when he was coming. Nobody trusts anybody in Accra. Hey. Nobody trusts anybody. See this man of God, this man. They don't trust. They, we don't trust ourselves at all. Me too. I don't trust a lot of people. I don't think if I yield myself, I give myself to certain people, it will be well with me. Mercy. Yeah. Huh? Why are you laughing? <laughs> then the professors and the lecturers, they said, "I've gone mad." They call me Jim Jones. A professor who was supposed to be even related to me in a way. Call me Jim Jones. You see. And, and we went to ask for permission to use a certain prestigious church which name begins with an R. In the city of Accra. Whether we could have, we could be there to have our wedding. And the, and the professor said No. He said, on condition that your son-in-law closes down the church. This is the condition of which I was a reverend minister and a, and a doctor and a lecturer. But this is the condition. And then they said, your son-in-law reminds us of Jim Jones. That's what they told my parents-in-law, my father-in-law, my mother-in-law. Do you think they will not be afraid? And then my sister-in-law also sent a message to inform her father and her mother that that guy, that fair guy who mommy is going to marry is doing to occult occultism. Yeah, she lives here in London now. That's why all these kind of people, it's very difficult for them to relate. Even the churches, the pastors, after what they've said, people, you can't even relate easily. So we are into occultism. So my parents, you know, are even more frightened of me. What type of person is this? 
and the girl too is also in love with the guy. You should have seen me. I was lean like a, a Palestinian terrorist. I tell you, hey, medical students, no medical students in the church, all of them left. Only nursing students or lab tech or x-ray, people who are studying x-ray or how to do HB, how to do blood tests. These people, a medical student were higher than the church. Medical students were higher. Do you understand what I mean? They were higher. They were above such a church. And where was the church? In the classroom. And then in the corridor. I'm talking about pressure. I'm talking about darkness. I'm talking about vanishing from the radar screen. I'm talking about being rejected by all and sundry. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Pastors rejected you. Hey. It's been a wonderful journey. You say God has called you. You're going to obey God. I've been waiting for you to join me. That's why we are in a different boat. Some of us, we are, I'm in a boat and you are on a boat. And I'm preaching to you from another boat. I'm waiting for you to jump in the water and swim to my boat. That you are afraid of cold water. That's why there's a certain level of fellowship I, can, I cannot have with you. One day when Pastor Obi went to Nairobi, he said, I feel closer to you now than I'm in Nairobi. I said, oh yeah, you are closer to me than when you were in London. It's true. What do you think? You don't like my message? Huh? Yes. That is it. Amen. Isolation. Sometimes when I send people away, they want us to ring them every day, call them every day, visit them every day. No. It's not possible. Do you know that sometimes I can get as many as 70 texts in a day from 70 different people. I'm, I'm not even talking about maybe one person that you are discussing something that you have about 5 or 10 texts with that person. But sometimes I put on my phone 36 texts. You know, I have to respond to all of them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. I cannot easily respond to everybody's text. Ring everybody every day. Call everybody every day. Answer the phone. There are people call me. I can see this person's call, but I cannot answer this phone because I'm doing something. People don't want to be isolated, but the ministry involves isolation in the desert. Even isolation from the people who seem to have sent you. That is why you see you need to understand all this before you go anywhere. Otherwise, when you are there, you may rather become offended. And you may rather think that, hmm, Pastor Richard sent me, and here I am dying in Cameroon. Huh? He has not been to visit me. Doesn't call. Do they really care? What do you think? Are you ready for that? Isolation. And when you are isolated, you develop humility or a relationship with God. Because now it's you and God. God will solve things out, sort things out with God. 
you and God. And Jesus said, unless. Do you know that Jesus was isolated on the cross? When he was on the cross, he was the only one on the cross. His disciples were nowhere to be found. Wow. His best guys were dashed. His main people ran away. Those who left his mother, Mary Magdalene. Now people say that Mary Magdalene had something to do. Only because somebody like Peter had run away. Leaving only his mother and then Mary Magdalene. Are you listening to me? Keep listening on. Don't be tired. Yeah. Tomorrow is almost here. We've almost closed. Tomorrow by now we've closed. This one is a, it's a, it's a congress. I won't even call it a camp because outside is town. You and God develop your personal relationship. You and the Lord. You and the Lord. You and the Lord. You and the Lord. No pastor wanted to have anything to do with me. You always, you see, when you are down, you always remember those who helped you. That's why today, my closest people are the same people. Reverend Saki, they are the people who were with me. All these big names and so on, who even claim they are my friends or whatever they are to me, they did not help me. The, the minimum, they, most of them just oppose me, said things, frighten me. I can read so many psalms to you that apply to them. To what people said about me. The Bible says when you come together, every one of you has a psalm. <laughs> There's always a psalm that applies to something. Only that you've not been reading the psalm, so you don't understand. Are you listening? Are you ready? Do you see why I have the authority that I have? You, you don't have something. You've not been through something that I've been through. That is why you may still preach this same message. But it's a different message. Yeah. Or you don't understand the message fully. So when God stretches out his hand and says, Here is a chance, my son. With all your Bible readings and all your things and all your things and all your things. There's a chance to jump. And do what I want you to do. This is a good chance. When you have such a chance, thank God. Embrace it. Follow it. Run with it. Do what you're supposed to do with it. Are you listening to me? How many are ready to do what God wants you to do? Are you ready to be isolated? You know that it's humbling. You feel demoted when you are alone, you feel like nothing. When I was out there all alone, huh? When I was out there all alone, I tell you, I felt so useless. One day I met Dr. Otabel. You know Dr. Otabel? Huh? Of Central Gospel Church. I met him at Legon. And then he said to me, Pastor, when he said that, all that I thought to myself was, are you mocking me? Are you mocking me?
think he was mocking me, but that's what I felt. Mockery, because everybody made fun of me. I mean, these guys were far. His, his church was full at a bathing power hall with canopies outside before we started our church. Yeah, they were far ahead of us in terms of when they started. So I said, are you mocking me? Pastor. Do you understand when Jim Baker said, I feel like a piece of whatever? That's how I felt. What do you think? You don't understand what I'm preaching about. Are you ready to be a piece of something? Fried and grilled. Forgive. Ready to become nothing. I think God's aim is to make you humble. And you know that when you live in developing countries, you are more humble than when you live in developed countries. I don't know whether it's the dust in the roads, the poor people, the surroundings. You know, then when you watch television, you see these glamorous whatever. So psychologically, it's always built in you that you are inferior, which also helps in humility. So when you go to South America and you preach, you find a completely different reception. They are also white, but they are completely different from like Europeans, Western Europeans. And when you go to Eastern Europe, because their countries are poorer, you find a different kind of reception. They are more receptive. That's why you have this large church in Ukraine. Different. You can't easily have that large church in West Germany, where they make BMWs and Benzes. And they play soccer and they win. Who is going to win tomorrow? France. Italy scored Ghana. A curse causeless shall not come. Hallelujah. Now, what I'm trying to say is that through being buried and isolated you can develop a personal relationship with God. But sometimes when you are in the group and in London and in a certain place and so on, you cannot develop such a good relationship with the Lord as you ought to. Are you listening to me? Yes. Pardon? Yes, you are listening. So you cannot easily develop sometimes the kind of relationship that you need to develop sometimes. Amen. And so God sometimes needs to isolate you. Like I once talked to a prisoner who had really come close to God and I asked him, how come when you go to prison, you come close to God? He said that there's no more this, so there's this. He did his hand like that. This is no more, so it's this. No more of this human contact. So it's just you and God. And so when you are sent as a missionary or you go to certain places, there's no more people to talk to. You just have to develop and grow and master all the spiritual battles that you need to master. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet for a moment. Father, thank you for your blessing. Lift your hands to the Lord. Just thank God. Ask God to speak to your heart for a moment.